showtime, baby. Here we go. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. going on he's feeling it and you can see he's rising to the occasion it's the tc martin show it's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor tc martin this is your captain baby hey come with me the doctor is now in glad to have you with us here terrible tuesday it is our number two talk a little nba this hour what we're seeing on the court, the Milwaukee Bucks, they'll try to take care of business tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. We'll see what happens if Atlanta shows up the way that the Clippers showed up last night against the Phoenix Suns. Suns had a chance to close it out. They could not get the job done. So now we go to game six tomorrow in L.A. And everyone's talking about how really kind of lacking maybe a lot of the big-time star power. But uh, how interesting really is it? How fun is it? Are we happy with this? Because we're seeing quite a few blowouts. We've seen some close games, but for conference finals, we're seeing some blowouts. Well, yeah, we, we definitely are. And for anybody to say it's unpredictable, everything's predictable. Just a lot of times you find out people's predictions are completely <laughs> off base and they're totally wrong. Right. But they're, they're going to be predicting them right. without a doubt. Right. All right, let's bring in. The man in the middle, the big seven-footer, the five-time champ, Big Bill Cartwright. What's going on, my man? Hey, we're having a great day. Great day out here uh, in San Fran. Uh, I just got a great lunch. Uh, soup, of course. Keep, keep our bodies straight, our bodies, our minds right. So... It's, it's it's beautiful. Okay, see, I thought we were going to get an Al Roker uh, weather report while we're at it there. And we just never know where the seven-footer's at. Some days calling us from Chicago. Some days it's from New York or it's Sacramento. Today's in San Francisco. There you go, overlooking Golden Gate Park. Uh, and look, I, I, I try to stay busy. <laughs> you stay as busy as you can while, while you can, you know. Some of us aren't as fortunate to be able to, you know, you know, be be in one spot and uh, and just dig in life from there. I've, I've got a seek adventure. Okay, Bill. So speaking of guy, <laughs> let's talk about one of your former teammates here. We've got some audio from your former teammate Scotty Pippen. Uh, he's been staying busy too, but he's uh, according to some people kind of getting himself in some trouble here. And uh, we got some comments from him. We want to get your takes on what he is saying here. So we'll kind of set the stage here. Scotty Pippen, a little bit of controversy, had an interview, a magazine article with GQ that came out last week where Scotty Pippen was very critical of Kevin Durant. Um, he was being asked to compare him to LeBron James, saying that if LeBron James was with the Brooklyn Nets, would have the Nets gone farther uh, with LeBron James being part of that team? And uh, Scotty Pippen said absolutely thinks that James is the better all-around player. Uh, he's a better distributor. Kevin Grant, uh, Kevin Durant is only a scorer. And uh, so Kevin Durant fired back at Scottie Pippen. So they're having a little war of words. But then he appeared on Dan Patrick's radio show and uh, had some telling comments because Dan was asking him about that, the Kevin Durant situation, and then started focusing more into 
thoughts about Michael Jordan, the Chicago Bulls, and, and Phil Jackson. And the conversation turned to this. Um, talking about a 1994 playoff game, which I know you know uh, about this story. And this was in the last dance, and we've talked about it several times. We'll take you back to when the Bulls were playing the Knicks. The game was tied at 102. There was 1.8 seconds left in this game. And Tony Kukoc was set up for the, the, the game-winning bucket. And Kukoc delivered. And when Scottie Pippen knew that uh, the play was not going to be designed for him, Scottie Pippen took himself out of the game, sat on the bench, and uh, there, was a, there was a lot of controversy with this. Here's what Scottie Pippen had to say. Recalling that moment. If you knew that Scottie Pippen had been with the Bulls from 87, battled through the Pistons and every other team that we had to get to those three championships, wouldn't you give Scottie Pippen one opportunity to get a last-second shot without Michael Jordan? Like, one year without Michael Jordan. Can I get one shot? Like, I'm doing all the dirty work. Why would Tony, who was a rookie, get the last-second shot and you put me out of bounds? That's what I mean, racial. Like that was Scottie Pippen's team. But but Scottie Phil Pippen then, was but, but, on pace to be an MVP that year, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, why would you put him in a position not to be successful? Why wouldn't you put him in a position to succeed? Michael Jordan is not there. So who's next in line for you? Scotty Pippen. All right, Bill, you, you heard that, and I thought we were listening to Ricky Henderson for a while, talking about himself in the third uh, person here. Uh, give me some so- thoughts about what you hear from Scotty Pippen. Well, it's just hard to hear. For one thing, it's, uh, that was 22 years ago. 22. And you would think that a guy would be able to put things in perspective um, you know, for me, uh, if I'm him, I'm saying, look, I made a mistake. Now, I felt that way, uh, that I should have taken the last shot, but that's not my decision to make. And your responsibility is not to yourself, but your responsibility is to do the best for the team, help the team win. So now that's what a responsible person does. That's what an adult does. It's not your decision. You don't agree with it uh, in, the, in the worst way. Everything in your body tells you no, that's the wrong decision. But it's not yours to make. Uh, this is the Chicago Bulls. And why are you talking about yourself? This is the Chicago Bulls, but you're a part of the team. You're not the team. You're part of the team. So... Um, you didn't. You didn't. You, you did not come back soon enough. Now, I was sitting right there, as you know, right. So I went trying, basically, in his ear, yelling at him to get back in the game. Now he was about to get up and get in the game. Now he won't say that, but he was. But Phil, being as stubborn as he is, also said, "You know what? Forget him. I'm going to go without him." which is what he does. Pete Myers put in. Pete Myers threw a perfect pass to Tony Kukoc. And what gets lost in all this, Tony Kukoc made the shot and we won the game. And that's what gets lost. Now, we've talked about this before, too. And you actually, didn't you, you address the team and Scottie Pippen in the locker room afterwards of this, right? 
after the game, it was uh, it wasn't good. It was, uh, but uh, I did what I was supposed to be doing as one as the veteran guy on the team, as one of the captains of the team. Um, so I did what I was supposed to do, and we still, at the next game, were able to one play away from going to the NBA Finals. So we did recover from that. But we can't recover from the fact that he, uh, and you hate to see this, and you hate to say it, quit. So uh, what's it for? Is it for uh, money, limelight? We got a book out? Um, You made a mistake. Take responsibility. Now, and this is the... (laughs) This is the funny thing. And, you know, you and I talk on this show all the time about things that are just ridiculous, things that are just unexplainable, things that are just local. They're crazy. So after 20 years, 20, we're going to throw some racism in there, too. Now, look. Now, I I, I know Phil. I, I, I love Phil. I've been in Phil's house. I coached with Phil for two years, so did Jim Clemens. Um, I know his kids, uh, Josie and Brooke and, and Charlie and Benji and his, his wife, June, at the time. Uh, wonderful family, wonderful people, um, great life lessons. This other stuff doesn't, uh, doesn't even qualify as being part of our team at that time. And this is my thing, TV. Look, we won six championships. We were the team of the 90s. So now we get racism. We got uh, this bull crap of Michael Jordan with uh, uh, coming out with that stuff. And it, it, looked like, it looked like a nightmare <laughs> as opposed to being one of the greatest times of our lives. So it's it's... It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And, I'm, and I even, haven't even talked to a lot of my teammates uh, about this. I'm sure they're, they're feeling the same way. Um, they're, they're, you can't explain crazy. There's, there's no explanation. This, this is just pure craziness that, that's going on. And I'm going to say this again. This has been 20 years ago. 20 years. So talking about the racist comment, basically saying that choosing Tony Kukoc over him, he was asked to clarify that, saying, are you calling Phil Jackson a racist? Here's what he said. I've got a problem with that. I mean, do you remember Phil Jackson left the Lakers, went, wrote a book on Kobe Bryant, and then came back and coached him? I mean, who would do that? You name someone in professional sports that would do that, you know? I well, think he tried to expose Kobe in a way that he shouldn't have. You're the head coach, and you're the guy that sits in the locker room and tells the players, this is a circle, and everything stays within the circle because that's what team is about. But you as the head coach open it up, and now you go out and you try to belittle, at that time, probably one of the greatest players in the game. Isn't that a contradiction, Bill? Keep everything in the circle. Scotty's not keeping everything in the circle, is it? 
So I don't, I don't give that statement either. And, and, and what does that Kobe Bryant thing have to do with them? So, because um, we're, we're talking about what happened to him, not what happened to Kobe. So, again, I, I you know, that's a crazy statement. What are you talking about? What, what in the world is going on? So, this is my thing. Look, we, we had a team that had an extraordinarily high standard. High standard of play, high standard of thought. We had great coaches, GMs, to the conditioning coaches, everybody on the same page. So to to have this come out is 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 definitely beneath us because it's it's ridiculous and it doesn't make any sense and it had nothing to do with our team. Well, and, and you our mentioned team, our, well, look, look, let's listen, listen to this. Our team was not. Um, um, we're not volatile, we're not fighting, we're not, none of that happened. We just played, we practiced every day, played every day, worked our ass off, and won a hell of a lot of basketball games. None of this other stuff existed until now. So it's like, what is going on now? What is, what are you guys talking about? Because the guys who were there never saw this stuff. And and you mentioned the thing too about what did the Kobe Bryant thing have to do with anything? Didn't Kobe and Phil they had their own talk in that and they buried that hatchet? Like you said, it not only has anything to do with the Bulls, but that was between Phil and Kobe, and and I believe they won a bunch of championships together as well. So it seems like Kobe was kind of cool with everything when all was said and done. That's what I'm saying. So what is this all about? Is it is it is it limelight? Is it money? Is I, I just got a book out. Um, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Um, people just don't turn into races, do they? After 20 years, you're going to call them out? 20? It, it seems like to me, Bill, that there is a, some bent up frustration. And let's admit, we know that that you probably have a little a bit about that. Other people on that team have uh, were taken aback by the last dance in the documentary, and Scottie Pippen talks about that as well too. We'll get to that here in a minute. But I think there's just this bent up, you know, frustrations. And yeah, he's got a book coming out. I'm sure that book may be a little bit of a tell all. He's now. In, has his own bourbon business. When he's doing this interview, he almost sounded like maybe he was he was tipping back a few drinks. And even in this interview, he said, Dan Patrick asked him, said, "Well, when did you know? Why did you, why are you in this bourbon business?" He goes, "Well, he goes, I used to be a boozer." He goes, I was a pretty good boozer. And to me, it almost sounds like maybe, you know, when you start boozing, you become a little bit more freer with your words, and maybe that has something to do with it. But it just seems like, you know, Scotty has had probably a lot of bent-up frustrations being the in Michael Jordan's shadow. And when, you know, Michael left the team and everything was on him, he kind of felt like, okay, now, you know, where's my time to shine? So that's, you know, whether it's 22 years ago or, a, you know, Going back to 1994, 98, or whatever it is, I mean, the guy probably probably had these thoughts. I mean, that's why I think, and you, you can't really answer for a guy. I mean, you know better than anybody. Uh, you know, you know why now? I maybe you have that answer. Well, let's look at it this way: um, seven-time 
All-Star, six NBA championship, 50 greatest players of all time. Does that sound like people didn't appreciate him? Does that sound like that? So, I mean, mean, like I said, none of this makes any sense. You know, everybody has an appreciation for this guy. And I and I know I do because when I got there in 88 with him, this guy was not a good shooter at all. Could probably barely make a 50-foot jump shot. He had great talent. He, he, he worked his ass off, made himself a three-point shooter, made himself uh, one of the best defenders, if not defenders, in basketball. And... Ended up being a Hall of Fame player. What happened between then and now? I only see positive things that have happened. I didn't see all this other stuff. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake. The only thing wrong with that is not acknowledging it. That's what adults do. That's what leaders do. I made a mistake. I did. I'm a human being. I made one. Get over it. It was a mistake in judgment. Well, yes, you know, there's a lot of players that, that react differently. They have different temperaments. You had a, a lot of characters on that team that had different personalities. Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan. I'm sure, you know, Steve Kerr was different. Scotty Williams. I mean, these guys were all all different. You don't know what's going on in their head, what they're feeling, you know, or, or not. Uh, you know those personalities uh, better than anybody. And over those six championship teams... You, 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 everyone takes things a little bit differently. I want to go back to this. Now, Scotty talked about Phil Jackson setting up that final shot, as you remember, for Steve Kerr in one of those game-winning situations. Scotty was disputing that. Do you know all those cameras that sitting in that huddle who they was working for? The NBA. So you know who Michael was speaking to when he said that, right? That was that was planned. That was speaking to the to the camera. That wasn't speaking out of what we're going to have to do, what the play is going to be. That was speaking to the camera. Had John had uh, John Stockton not came down, trust me. <laughs> but that was building his own documentary because he knew he was controlling the cameras. <laughs> you understand English? Yeah. Okay. So all those cameras that was working were working basically for Michael Jordan, not for the Chicago Bulls. But did- they were building the "Come Fly with Me," the Air Jordan videos. That's what it was. It that was not naturally spoken. Okay, right. that was rehearsed. All right, Scotty Pippen with his thoughts. You're talking about that. Uh- that game, that series, the Bulls against the Utah Jazz. What do you think, Bill? Well, yeah, I think he made some really good predictions because what did happen was the double team did happen, as he predicted. He did pass the ball, and he made the shot. So uh, I think what you saw in the video was actually Phil telling Michael is that he's got to be a distributor in the game. And then that other conversation happened. So, because he was getting doubled during the game. So, once again, look, you can make anything what you want to make it. 
And and look, and the bottom line is that we beat Utah. The Chicago Bulls did. Um, and Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen and the rest of the team. I happened to be there as well. Uh, I was a coach at that point in time. So uh, I don't I don't get it. But I don't get all the anger. What what in the world are you mad at? What are you mad at? Do you see people got mad? A lot of people are mad. Now, I'm not mad, right? Because I was a part of uh, championship teams. That's what I've been waiting for my whole life. So uh, I don't I don't get this other side of it. I, I, I don't get why people are so angry. Um, and it's, and it, it's sad if you are and you don't understand who you are right now. Uh, 50 greatest players all time. What what else do you want to be, Bill? Um, how, how did he sound to I, you? I, I really don't understand that. How did he sound to you in in these clips that we're playing, especially that last answer? Did we? Scotty's done tons of television, as we know, with ESPN. We've talked about that before. Did he sound a little? His speech and everything sound a little bit different to you. Sound a little bit loopy. Uh, well, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but what I will get into is that, you know, I know Scotty, and uh, and I like him. He's a good guy. He was a great teammate. Um, and I just hate to see this happening right now to what was our, our team. Because this does not represent it at all. It's not who we, not who we were, and I'm hoping it's not who we are now. We're very grateful. We're very appreciative. Uh, that's to everybody on the team. That's to the organization. That's to the city of Chicago for supporting us. We're thrilled. We're not angry. We're happy to be a part of history. That's what I would like to see people talk about right now. Not the fact that they're angry about a play, one play, um, and start seeing these uh, things that are just uh, seemingly untrue. And if they are true, what the hell took us so long to get it out? Hey, Bill, um, I wanted to go back a little bit. When we first started talking about this stuff and we were talking about the play with Tony Kukoc and when Scotty refused to go in the game and then, like you said, Phil basically said, the hell with it, keep him on the bench, we're going to keep up the play, and Tony hit the shot. Was part of it because it was Tony Kukoc? If it would have been any other player, would Scotty have had the same reaction? Because we know that Michael and Scotty made a point in the Olympics to try to really go after Tony because they didn't like the fact that Kraus and the Bulls were over in Europe courting him and trying to bring him onto a team where they'd already won championships. Was part of it because he didn't like Tony Kukoc or just the whole situation around that? Well, I, I can't speak to that and would never speak to that. Uh, I, I just know that a couple of days ago, Scotty was just at an event with, uh, with Tony. So seemingly he's, he's getting along with him pretty good, even though for a guy who uh, uh, seemingly with his comments with Dan Patrick, he's not too happy with. So uh, just none of that makes any sense. Because no, because look, the, uh, the, the, the pit I know is a good guy. Like I said, great teammate, um, hard worker, extraordinaire. So this stuff here, uh, I don't get. 
And like I said, it's weird to old, established. Um, this should be beneath us. And I guess that's the bottom line. This All this mess should be beneath us. And the, the fact that it's not, and it's out, it's, uh, it's, it's a little concerning. And a lot of this has to do with The Last Dance, a documentary. Uh, you were great coming on with this during the pandemic when this thing aired. We talked about every episode every week, and you yourself said it, that you weren't happy the way a lot of this unfolded. Uh, you know, it was more of the Michael Jordan show. It was not focusing on the teammates. And obviously, you know, Scotty felt the exact same way. Here's Scotty Pippen's comments about The Last Dance in the documentary and saying that, hey, you know, there needs to be some clarification of things. I think my biggest thing with the documentary was uh, that Michael, who didn't play in 94, who was selling a video based on The Last Dance, was something that he sort of tried to pull out to show that our winning was all about me and this is what everybody else did when I uh, wasn't around. (laughs) You know? And if anything, if you're going to show that you called Phil, why didn't you show that you called Phil to bat for me? I mean, I probably was the only man standing um, who had been there with him back in the early 80s. But yet, he comes back the next year because it was getting good. We weren't fading away. All right. Scotty Pippen there. Uh, Bill comments on that. Uh, I don't know what to make out of that. You know, I mean, um, I'm not really sure that needs a comment. So, okay. you know, right. when, when, when MJ left, and MJ left in a, in a horrible situation, too, because there's like two weeks left to go into season. Now, all of a sudden, he decides, and this doesn't get said either, that he's not going to play. Boy, you had all summer. Why didn't you bring it up then? So we were very basically left with that team that we had, and we played extraordinarily well. It was a great season for us. And along with Scotty, probably our second-best player was Tony Kukoc, who played incredible. And Tony's uh, as tall as I am, seven foot tall. There is no matchup for him. Tony's a great passer, uh, tricky player, tricky scorer. Uh, he is a, a, a you know great, great teammate. So... Um, you know, the fact that when, when Michael came back, that was that was fine with everybody. I, I don't think that needed any discussion. And that's not Phil's full discussion anyway. That was uh, uh, Michael's discussion with Jerry Reinstorf, the owner, uh, who wanted to bring him back. So uh, I'm, I'm not even sure what we're discussing with that. Okay, so here's Scotty Pippen's thoughts about Michael Jordan leaving the Bulls and his decision to retire at the time and play baseball decision but it was a it's a selfish decision but it was kind of uh who michael jordan was and that's 
was a guy that kind of believed that he can do anything on his own. All right, there he is, uh, Scotty Pippen. So those are the audio clips, uh, you know, talking about that, talking about Phil Jackson, bringing the racist term up there, just uh, some some very interesting comments that obviously, you know, people that played with him, you, you're you're curious on on what their thoughts are. And again, you've been, you know, we've talked a lot about this going back to the last dance last year. Talked a lot about your teammates in the past, and uh, again. It, we can understand that there are going to be some people that felt Michael Jordan was was selfish, and uh, the world is starting to to know that. But you're right; it's it, it is strange. Twenty two years later, that you're coming out and you're saying these things, and you know that you are kind of breaking that circle of trust, so to speak. Well, look, okay, um, you're upset, okay, and I guess it took. What twenty two years since Pep left the Bulls for him to get upset and and bring that in, okay. But uh, my thing is that look, what happened with the Bulls? Are we are we losing the 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 idea of what happened with the Bulls? We want six championships. Is there anybody happy over there? It is a is team there, game, is, right? Is there, it is a is team there, game, right? They there, all got rings for this. You guys all got rings. Right. There's a lot of bitterness did, did there, we, yeah. Did we not win? Did something happen over there that I don't know? Please help, please help me. Why isn't everybody happy right now and reflected on the fact that we were the team of the 90s, one of the greatest teams of all time? But here's the Why thing, too. Here's the thing, too. It's like happy. he he talks in this interview about, yeah, you know, every time I open my mouth, I say something wrong. And that's why I'm wondering, is there something up here with with Scotty? And again, I'm not calling him an alcoholic, but he admittedly said, because, yeah, I was a boozer. Now he's, you know, he's doing this interview and. I've seen Scotty do so many interviews. I've seen him on the ESPN coverage, on the uh, you know the, the NBA's you know shows that they do and that sort of thing. So I just don't know, you know what's you know what's what's going on here. That's why again I don't want to come across like a hey you know maybe this is the alcohol talking, but you know what maybe it is because it seems like a, a lot of bent up frustration. And you just said it yourself. Well, him and Tony were were just at an event here, and when he's apologizing for. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, every time I, I, I open my mouth, I, I guess I say something wrong. Like, he's almost regretting it. So maybe there's a factor in there. Well, I, I, I don't know anything about that, nor would I ever want to speculate on that. But right. No, no, and none I'm, of us do. I'm, and just Again, we're talking about I'm, what we saw and what we heard. That's all. And we're trying, I'm like you, trying to figure out, like, okay, is, you know, is he really upset? Is he really bitter? Why so long? I mean, no one knows the answers, you know, you know, here. And you'd think that, but, you know, everyone has different personalities. And they could be, you know, just because they, they won rings and, you know, it's not going to be all roses. I mean, you played with guys that felt like they should be getting more time on the floor. And they're glad to be champions, but they there are guys that left that team and left that situation to go play more minutes with other teams after that. All right, final thing before I let you go here. Jason Kidd named the new Dallas Mavericks head coach. You know, Rick Carlisle left to accept the job as the Indiana Pacers head coach. Kidd, former Maverick, won the title with them in 2010-2011. Former head coach, five seasons with the Nets. Uh, Actually, one season with the Nets. Five years total he's been a head coach. Four with the Bucks. Assistant the last two years with the Lakers. Your thoughts about Jason Kidd 
returning to Dallas because, as we know, him and Mark Cuban had a little bit of a falling out back when, when Kidd was at the end of his career and he signed a free agent contract with the Knicks after he told Cuban, no, I'm going to come back. And then there was this rift. We understand those guys made up. Uh, but uh, now Jason Kidd is the new head coach of the Mavs. Yeah, Jason will do a good job. He's uh, he's a pretty balanced guy. Uh, he's a pretty calculating. He was a calculating player. He's a calculating coach. So he understands, you know, the advantages that he was there. So he's going to understand uh, uh, their style of play, up-tempo. They try to get the ball up or down the floor. You know, he'll do a good job of getting the ball to their best players. What I would like to see them do a little better job of is not be so reliant on one guy. And and then now, um, like with Atlanta, once those one or two guys are out of the game, then they can't play. So, but but I think he'll do a good job of that and understanding that uh, he's going to need uh, two or three playmakers to make his team better because the team's not bad right now, and they have a superstar. Yeah, they got a superstar, Luka Donich. Uh, J.J. Barrera, they're going to bring him in as an, an assistant coach, and the reason why they're doing that is he's got ties to Donich, New GM, same situation, Nico Harrison coming in. Let me tell you, and you I ask you, you've, had, you've been a head coach in this league as well, and you've been an assistant. How important is assistant coach, you know, when, when you're a new head coach and hiring assistants, how key is that, and especially if you've got ties to a certain player? I think it's really important. I think that, and that's every level, that your, your players – uh, you, you've got to know them. You've got to know them well. Um, I can remember when I was in Phoenix, one of my players was uh, was was Robin Lopez, and I get and I can promise you, he is a he's an angel now. But when we got him in Phoenix, he was a devil. A uh, great person, but you know, once I got to know him really well, uh, you know, you find out that you know his girlfriend is. You find out that he loves art. He loves to draw. Um, and you just find out a lot of things about them, and it becomes more personal. And as you know, the closer you are to these to these players, you can really coach them. So, uh, but if you don't know them, you can't get into them. But if I'm close, I can say anything I want. And so, your assistant coach is extraordinarily important to be able to get close to players, to know them really well, to be able to find out what they're thinking, how they really feel. And that that makes for a really great basketball team. Is part of being an assistant coach kind of being that buffer between the player and the head coach because they players tend to get closer to some assistant coaches as opposed to the head coach who's kind of like the boss of everybody? Well, you can get close. It's just, uh, you know, you got 14 guys on the team. So it's just a lot easier for your assistant to get close to four or five guys than it is for your coach to get close to all 14 of them. It's, it's a different level. And also, it's a different appeal. Those guys work out together. So my assistant coaches are working those players out. So they see them more. Um, they have a lot more time to spend with them. And that's why it's, 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 it's a lot. It's, those guys are able to do it. The, the head coach is not, doesn't really have the time to do it. All right, brother. Great stuff, man. Uh, appreciate uh, your thoughts uh, regarding uh, Scotty Pippen, NBA playoffs as well, 
And uh, we'll talk to you real soon, man. We'll let you uh, get back to it. Uh, enjoy your dinner tonight. Uh, you, you got a home court uh, dinner tonight. You're not on the road. That's right. I got it. And, and look, let's, let's, let's kill the you know, Chicago Bulls. Let's give them some love. Isn't that what we need is some love for one another, like, that's, that's like what, I thought? That's what the Beatles said. Give me a little love, there. love, love with the Beatles. I, exactly. All you need is love. That's it. That's all you need, right? One of your favorite songs and one of your favorite Cirque du Soleil uh, shows. It's coming back. Cirque du Soleil coming back here. MJ1, the Beatles love. You're coming to town. I'll make sure you go. Man, we got to go check it out. There it is. This is what we need. Come on, Chicago. Come on, Scotty. BJ Armstrong, Bill Cartwright, Will Purdue, even Michael Jordan. Have a little bit of love. I love it. All right, brother. Be good, man. All right, guys. Hey, Bill, I love you, man. I love you, man. <laughs> Peace, love, and soul. There it is. I love those six championship teams. Yeah. The 72 and 10 team. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, exactly. Heck, we even love Dennis Rodman. Right? I guess those guys love Dennis Rodman. I, I'm old enough to remember Superfan. Yeah. When he used to run around the Chicago Stadium, the old Chicago Stadium, mm. before United Center even. Yes, 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 yes. Doubles. All right. Thank the big seven-footer. Good stuff. We'll have that one up on the website if you have missed any of that. And the comments from Scotty Pippen. Wow. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll hit that next. I got something for you. Here's the man, the myth, the oracle has spoken, the mouth. You hear me talking? T.C. Martin. All right, uh, B.J. Armstrong is going to join us this week as well, too, so we'll hear from another former Chicago Bull. Uh, we heard from the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, today regarding the Scotty Pippen comments. And uh, Again, if you're, if you're a teammate of Scotty Pippen, you, you, don't, uh, you don't like to, to hear this. And, and Bill's right. It kind of demoralizes you a little bit. You know, kind of well, yeah, t- it makes it away. sound like they were losers and stuff yeah, like that. Instead yeah. of celebrating the six rings and everything, now it's like, here's all the negativity. I wonder which gets under their crawl more. The last dance or this latest stuff from Scottie Pippen? The last dance, probably, because that was ten weeks of that. You know, right. eight to ten weeks that you got... Of the Michael, of the Michael Jordan show. Show, right. Which, you know, as we know, they were all very yeah. frustrated about. Yeah. I mean, it was basically their version of Michael and the Jacksons in the music business. This was Michael right. and the, the Jordan heirs. So one part of that that we didn't air that Scottie Pippen said in that, and we know that Bill and BJ said the exact same thing, but he said, when this idea came about, they had told the players that they're going to do a Chicago Bulls documentary that it was basically going to be done by the Bulls staff, you know, their video crew and this and that. They didn't know it was going to be an ESPN thing. It was going to be one of these things. And Michael Jordan was working on this for 10 years. They had no idea that Michael basically orchestrated this whole thing. So that's what caught him off guard. And I remember, and we talked about this, when they came to interview Bill two years ago, it's a funny story. So when I... Got word that, you know, got the advanced press release that this documentary is coming out. I called Bill and I said, hey, I said, what do you know about The Last Dance? And he goes, what are you talking about? And I said, well, this documentary is coming out and ESPN is starting to promote it. 
It's ten part series about the you know the, the championship teams there uh, with the Chicago Bulls, and he says, "You mean that thing that they came and, and and shot with me two years ago?" And I said, "I guess so." And he said, "Didn't know anything that it was like an ESPN documentary or Michael Jordan this and that." He goes, "They came and interviewed you know." me and several other players two years ago and said, hey, we want to talk about those championships, and that's all they told them. They were all caught by surprise that, okay, this is what it's going to be. Okay, now it's interesting. You're going to call it the last dance. I get it. Okay, that's Phil's thing. Yeah, great, great. And once they started watching it, it just took after that one episode, and he, you know they were 60-minute episodes, it was like, this is not what they told us it was going to be. So this is where a lot of this is coming from with Scotty Pippen. But, you know, Scotty really didn't talk too much about it at the time because, remember, Scotty was part of the daily ESPN you know, NBA show right. hosted by Rachel Nichols and those guys. And so he really can't be too negative, you know, at that point in time. Yeah, Scotty's not on the show. The, he's yeah, not the scr- yeah, he's not on anymore. Yeah, you can't bite the hand that feeds you, so to speak. Right. And as right. bitter as Scotty is and some of the other players, imagine how Jerry Cross felt when he saw that thing come out. When Jerry Krause was dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, imagine how his family felt but when they saw Exactly, yeah. right. And, and Bill even said that way back when, too. He said... That's right, because I forgot you're that, throwing that him. Yeah. You're throwing him under the bus, and the man is dead. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible. But you're right about the family. Because, yeah. I mean, he was made to look like the biggest loser of all time. Correct. And whether you like him or don't like him and his personalities and this, that, and the other... He was incredibly instrumental on building that team. He's a great GM. He was. You can say what you want about, you know, his... I mean, his ego, everything. Yeah, yeah and right. there was definitely... And, and him and Scott, I mean, him and Michael had their issues and whatever else. But, but I mean, to make it sound like he was the class clown of everything and they won everything in spite of him, I mean, he was probably the most slighted of anybody in that whole and, and you talk, documentary. And you talk about... What shots that Michael took? Michael talked about Scottie Pippen's contract, and Scotty was offended about that. And we didn't play that part, but he was offended. Like, yeah, well, I don't know why that's you know getting brought out in the documentary, and why did it have to? They show scenes and talk about Michael making fun of Jerry Krause and calling him you know these names, little short man, or yeah, you know, told him he couldn't get on the bus, right. told him to stay in the corner. This, I mean, yeah. he 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 told. Let's be honest. Michael Jordan bullied Jerry Krause. Bullied his boss, it, 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 but he knew that he was beyond uh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. fireable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. W- w- when you're the MVP and, and you're the reason that the corporation is the corporation and making all the millions they are, there's one person that can get away with that, and that was Michael Jordan. The Las Vegas Aces, they are rolling right now. 11-4 is the record. They're half-game uh, behind the Seattle Storm, who they defeated on Sunday, 95-92. A great game in overtime. Uh, electric atmosphere there. And uh, we got a, a nice little article up on the website at tcmartinshow.com to talk a little about where the Aces are right now, that the Golden Knights uh, have been eliminated. And the Aces are really finding them, themselves and playing some very, very good basketball. Very exciting game. It was on national uh, you know, television on Sunday. Uh, great game to be at. Great game to call. And uh, this team is really starting to find their stride. Yeah, they're starting to find their stride. Both teams had some travel issues and some other things. You could see that Seattle was worn out. I guess they had some issues on the tarmac and getting some COVID tests and that they were talking about on the broadcast. But And I didn't get to this on the Terrible Tuesday, but I knew that we were going to talk about the Aces here, and I wanted to save this. As I'm watching that game, and I know you're doing the games on the radio, so you don't see everything. 
but I'm watching the game on ESPN. And at the end of regulation, when you, you think see the television side is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah on the yeah, television. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You're okay. you're at the game watching everything, so yeah. you're not seeing right. You, What's you're not in your living room watching it. Right. Good. Good. Okay. <laughs> so, the play towards the end of the game where the ball goes out of bounds and they're reviewing it, and okay, I see the play at first, and I'm like, well, it, it's hard to tell. So let me see when they show the replay again. And then they're talking about it, and ESPN doesn't show the replay again. They show the three officials standing there watching the monitor while the replay's going on, and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? I'm trying to figure out in my own mind, what's the call, who's going to have the ball, how much time is left, but I'm watching the three referees standing there looking at a monitor. ESPN, you do soccer, you do baseball, you do basketball, you do MMA, you do everything. I've never seen them do this before where they're not showing me the damn replay. I don't know who's directing this. I don't know who's editing. I don't know who's making these decisions. But come on. This is video 101. Show me the damn replay that they're going over. They and then it took forever that, huh? to do it. That's crazy. No, they showed the yeah. three referees watching yeah. the monitor. Well, speaking of that, so that's happening right next to me, to my right. And I'm looking at these guys. And again, when we're going to radio, <laughs> you don't know if you know we should go to a full timeout or, you know, go a 30-second break, a two-and-a-half-minute break or whatever, and it's like, okay, how long is this going to take? And it is very frustrating to watch that at home. It's frustrating to be there and try to divulge what's happening. And I've got my headset on, so a lot of times it's, it's hard to figure. So I'm trying to, especially if I'm still broadcasting the game, we're not at break, to try to listen to what the referees are saying to each other because they're literally about six or eight feet away from me and then finally get the call and then a lot of times I don't know what the decision is until they're back on the floor and trying to see it unfold, if it's going to be like a flagrant foul or technical or that sort of thing. But it, it takes way too long. Funny story here, and I think I told you off air this, is that when the referees come at the beginning of the game and this one, the one guy who you're talking about who was in the middle of this, he looked like Opie Taylor. He was a young, you know, goofy-looking guy, and I shouldn't say that, but I guess I did. And anyway, so he comes across and he wants to like fist pound everybody like at the table there. And so he comes up to me, and uh, we're getting ready for the tip off, and it gives me a, like a fist pound like that. And I said to him, "I go, stay away from the monitor, <laughs> because that's our biggest pet peeve. There are too many video." You know, replays. And he, like, did a double take of me, like, what? I go, stay away from the monitor today. And he go, ah, oh, kind of laughed. And sure enough, like you said, what happened? We had a three-and-a-half-minute delay at the end of the game, the most crucial point about Monitor City here. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was frustrating yeah. to watch. Yeah. And, but again, like I say, and it was almost like they were in a semicircle. Yes. There was a referee on both corners of the monitor, the, then there was one they're, behind it a little turns. bit more, yeah. and it's almost like they did the semicircle yeah. around, like yeah. like they're playing volleyball. Okay, rotate. Now you look at the replay. What did you see? Now you look. Then they huddle afterwards, and it's like, what the? Show me the replay, and you clowns make a call. <laughs> Stanley Cup Finals, uh, Montreal couldn't get it done last night. Uh, kind of like uh, Golden Knights game one. They lose 5-1. Uh, game two tomorrow night. What do you think, man? I think if Montreal wants to win, they better get the first goal. Yeah. Because they're a much better front-running team, and I don't want to sound like a broken record. I don't want to make it sound that simple. I'm not saying Montreal will win if they get the first goal. I'm saying if they don't get the first goal, I think they will lose. Mm -hmm. Because Tampa Bay's not going to sit back and just go, oh, we got a one-goal lead. 
They have Kucherov. They have Point. They have Hedman. They have Stamkos. They have weapon after weapon after weapon. They have Vasilevsky behind them. This team is going to keep on attacking. More weapons than the Golden Knights? The Lightning have? Yeah, think? I think they have yeah. more weapons. And they also have something else that the Golden Knights don't have. They have the confidence knowing they can win a Stanley Cup because right. they did it last yeah. year. They're not going to wilt. We'll talk more about this uh, tomorrow as we get ready for Game 2 tomorrow night. Uh, Canadians, if they want to be in this series, they're going to have to get a victory on the road in Tampa tomorrow night. All right, uh, appreciate the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, for joining us. Nick Bogdanovich from William Hill. Uh, go to the website, check it all out. It's there for you. Go to the Classic Interview page if you want to see some of the old classic interviews at tcmartinshow.com, and uh, it's all up there for you as well, too. All right, uh, we're back at it again tomorrow for Ballpark Frank. TC saying so long. We will catch you tomorrow at 2.